Take your Bibles and turn to Judges chapter 6 as we continue in the series entitled Help, I Have Issues. And we all have issues, if, even if we don't want to admit that we have issues. And as I've mentioned before, sometimes all we have to do is ask the people to our right and left what our issues are, and they'll be happy to tell you. But you know, the book of Judges is so interesting because not everything in it is bad. Not everybody makes bad decisions. That's really not what the book of Judges is about. The book of Judges is about God helping us along different ups and downs of life. Last week we looked at a man named Gideon, who God is going to use in this text of Scripture, in this uh, section of the book of Judges, to do some amazing things. What we find with Gideon in Judges chapter 6 is that just as the title of the message says, there were some things he never saw coming. Some things that happened to him that he just did not see coming. Now sometimes this happens to us too. Sometimes with bad choices we make, we never see the consequences coming. And sometimes with good choices that get made, we don't ever see the consequences coming of our good choices. It's much like a lady by the name of Ebony. She worked in Waffle House. Now, not all stories that come from Waffle House are bad. This one happens to be good. But Ebony was an 18-year-old college student, and she was earning money to save up for college there in Waffle House. And as an 18-year-old high school graduate, last year she was just trying to save up as much as she could. Well, you can imagine on a Saturday morning at a place like Waffle House, things are just moving fast. And she's serving food, and she's picking up plates and all of this. Well, there was a gentleman in his early 80s who was a very regular customer at Waffle House. And he had placed his order, and he ordered some ham on his breakfast plate. And according to him, he said, I can hold a fork just fine, but when I try to cut it, it looks like I'm stabbing somebody. Uh, he started to get the shakes, and his hands he, he, losing some muscle strength in his hands and so he stopped Ebony that Saturday morning and said would you cut my ham for me now you have to understand in Waffle House on Saturday morning there's there are people everywhere there's plates flying there's stuff to clean there were some orders from the kitchen just flying at her telling her to hurry and all of this and here she is taking her sweet time to cut the ham of a very regular customer somebody noticed this and they took some video a couple of other people took a picture and they thought, how sweet, this young lady is taking time and probably losing some patience of some customers by cutting the ham of this young man. Well, word spread. And things got posted on Facebook and the mayor of the town decided last March the 6th to make the day Ebony's day. He honored her with the key to the city and he honored her with this making this, this her day. Well, it didn't stop there. Texas Southern University, the president of the university, heard about her kindness. And he offered her a $16,000 scholarship to come to Texas Southern to relieve the pressure of her having to save so much money to pay for her own college expenses. All because on a busy Saturday morning, she decided to cut some ham. Sometimes when you do the simplest things to make a difference to somebody else, 
you have no idea what the great consequences are going to be. Now, sometimes there can be backlash for things that you do. Sometimes your good intentions leads to the evil intentions of someone else. Sometimes you can make a bad decision and never see the consequences coming. But friends, so many times when we make the right decision, when God leads us to serve, when God leads us to give, when God leads us to worship, when God leads us to make a difference in somebody else's life, many times there are wonderful consequences that we never see coming. And that is why we gather together today to give praise and honor to God. Because when God is at work in your life and in mine and in our church and in your home and mine, God is up to some good stuff. And we need to be very quick to give Him the thanks and praise when He uses us to make a difference in other people. Judges chapter 6 is such an example of something that God used Gideon to do that had unforeseen consequences all for the glory of God if you found Judges chapter 6 verse 28 and you're able to would you stand as we read this text of scripture together beginning in verse 28 down through verse 35 the Bible says when the men of the town rose early in the morning Behold, the altar of Baal was broken down, and the Asherah beside it was cut down. And the second bull was offered on the altar that had been built. And they said to one another, Who has done this thing? And after they had searched and inquired, they said, Gideon, the son of Joash, has done this thing. Then the men of the town said to Joash, Bring out your son, that he may die, for he has broken down the altar of Baal, and cut down the Asherah beside it. But Joash said to all who stood against him, Will you contend for Baal, or will you save him? Whoever contends for him shall be put to death by morning. If he is a god, let him contend for himself, because his altar has been broken down. Therefore on that day Gideon was called Jerubbabel, that is to say, let Baal contend against him because he broke down his altar. Now all the Midianites and the Amalekites and the people of the east came together, and they crossed the Jordan and encamped in the valley of Jezreel. But the Spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon, and he sounded the trumpets, and the Abyssalites were called out to follow him. And he sent messengers throughout all Manasseh, and they too were called to follow him. And he sent messengers to Asher, Zebulun and Naphtali and they went up to meet them let's pray together heavenly father how thankful we are for moments in your word that remind us that you are up to something God how thankful we are when we notice from your word and in our own lives and in our church when your holy spirit God begins to move in us and through us and leads us to accomplish great things for Your glory. Father, may we step out with boldness and realize, Father, that when You are the One calling us to serve, calling us to act, that though there may be consequences for that, God, when You are with us, who can be against us? 
And may we respond to your word faithfully today, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Gideon learned last week a valuable lesson about hearing from God. And what Gideon learned about listening to God was really pretty simple. He learned that when God speaks, his answer is yes. Except a lot of times what happens to us is God speaks and he directs us by his word and he leads us by his spirit. And our answer at best sometimes is, "Mm, I'll think about it. I'll pray about it. Uh, Not right now, maybe later. I'm kind of busy. Leave me alone. Now those are some of the ways that we might respond to God, none of which are acceptable. And so Gideon learned through the sacrifice that he gave to the angel of the Lord that God was actually moving in his life. And so Gideon responded to God and to his word and he did what God told him to do. However, if you remember from last week, Gideon was afraid to take the altar of Baal down which was in, at his father's house. He was also afraid to cut down the Asherah pole and to build another altar on top and sacrifice his father's bull on the altar to God in front of everybody. He wasn't afraid to do the action. He was afraid of the consequences if people saw him. And so he did this at night. Well, now the Bible says, now we're at the next morning. And word has spread what Gideon has done. It's been posted on Facebook. It's all over Instagram. It's been tweeted and retweeted and hashtagged. And everybody in town knows who has done this thing. And now they want Gideon to pay for it. Friend, listen to me. When God is up to something, I want you to notice two things that this passage of Scripture directs us to comprehend. And that is the first direction that God gives us today is we've got to look for the real enemy when you are looking for the real enemy you're going to see what and who that enemy is for example Joash is Gideon's father Joash is confronted with the reality that his son has now broken down this altar for Baal and these men are coming to him saying We want to kill him. We are angry that he has broken down this altar and we're going to kill him. You see, the enemies of Gideon are looking at Gideon as the one who is responsible. But you and I know, because we were here either last week or familiar with this text of Scripture, we know that Gideon did not come up with this idea. This was God's plan, and Gideon just simply said yes. Now, I just want to pause for just a moment and tell you a little something that's kind of a refresher from last week. There are times that God is going to ask you to do something and somebody else may not like it. Either because God had asked them and they said no, or they just don't like you and they don't want you being used by God, or they think whatever it is that God has asked you to do is foolish. But whatever their response is you're going to have people that are going to see you as the enemy you're going to be in the will of God directed by the word of God filled with the spirit of God and people are going to look at you like you're doing something wrong they're going to question you they're going to question your motives 
They're going to think that you are up to something wrong. And these men that came for the neck of Gideon thought the same thing. They said, we're going to kill him because he has done something against us. But I want you to notice, who in this entire text of Scripture, who in this whole story is the smartest person that we could pay attention to? His name is Joash. Joash is Gideon's father. And Joash says one of the most and two of the most amazing things in this text. Listen to what he says. He says in verse 31, the Bible says, But Joash said to all who stood against him, Will you contend for Baal, or will you save him? Whoever contends for him shall be put to death by morning. If he is a god, let him contend for himself, because his altar has been broken down. I love what Joash has to say. He's saying, listen, if Baal is all that, if he has power, if he has any wisdom, if Baal is able to be the God that you're worshiping, let him handle it himself. And with that, Joash dropped the mic, sat down, and got in his recliner or rocking chair on his porch and just sat there and said, we'll see. If Baal is so powerful, if this false God that you're trusting in is so amazing, then let him handle it. Leave Baal alone. But listen, what Joash is also saying on the flip side is, if Baal really isn't as strong as you think he is, then his non-action will speak louder than words. Friend, there are people in this place today who have bowed down to certain idols that you don't want to talk about. And you have given power in your life to certain apps on your phone, certain websites on your computer, certain forms of entertainment, certain people that don't belong in your life, certain ideas that are just harmful. You have given power and ability over to that. And what I'm telling you that you'll find in a heartbeat is that whatever it is that you empower has no power to change you no power to save you and no power to make you a better person because the Bible says that Satan and, and sin only comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Not to make you awesome. Not to make you better. Not to make you stronger and powerful and, and, and more amazing than ever before. And if that thing that you're empowering who is not the one true and living God, in time you're going to see that the only thing that that thing can offer you is brokenness. It will not fill a void. It will not make your life less empty. It will not make you satisfied and fulfilled. It will only lead you wanting more. And so Joash says, hey, if if this Baal is really that special, let's just sit back and watch. Because if he is exactly what you say he is, he'll handle it. 
But Joash knew full well in this moment, moment that Gideon did what was right. These men were only doing what was wrong. But see, the other issue with this text is that these men were trying to handle a spiritual issue with physical means. They noticed the wrong enemy. Now, I love the fact that they came to Joash's home to say, hey, bring that boy of yours out here because we're going to kill him. He's going to have to answer for what he's done because once we kill Gideon, this problem with the Baal altar, this problem with the, the Lord God altar, it's all going to be over with. Because once we kill Gideon, we'll just build our altar back and we'll just continue offering our sacrifices to Baal. Do you notice what the problem is? If Baal really isn't all that they say he is, and they end up killing Gideon for destroying this altar for Baal, then Baal, this false god, has done nothing, proved nothing, and they have sacrificed an innocent person who only did what the one true and living God told him to. Let me just break it down like this. Whenever you try to solve a spiritual problem with physical means, you're fighting the wrong battle. In fact, Paul in Ephesians chapter 6 says that we don't wage war against flesh and blood. Rather, we are at war as children of God with the heavenly forces, the spiritual realms, the dark forces that are at work in the world. And he says, therefore, take up the full armor of God and put it all on so that in the day of testing, you will be able to stand. Friend, if you need a call to arms this morning, if you need to know how to be equipped to handle spiritual issues, don't go to Walmart, don't go to IGA, don't go to Amazon.com and think that you can buy something, own something, or do something. Rather, go to Ephesians chapter 6 and say, God, would you help me to put on the breastplate of righteousness? God, would you help me to put on the helmet of salvation to gird myself with the belt of truth and take up the sword of the Spirit? God, would you help me to use the spiritual resources that you have given to me so that when those attacks come, I'm not fighting a person. I'm not fighting an app on my phone. I'm not fighting against this thing or this person. I am at war for my own soul and for the integrity of my testimony. And the only way that you can be victorious over those spiritual attacks that come is if you put on the spiritual armor of God that He has already made available for you. Your phone, your computer, a relationship, is not going to put out the fiery arrows that Satan is flinging at you that are going to cause you to doubt. A magazine, a website, a New York Times bestseller book is not going to answer the issues of doubt and questions and faith and lies that are thrown at you over the television and over the computer. 
You cannot wrap yourself up with lies and expect not to fall. Only the belt of truth will keep you from tripping. Only the sword of the Spirit will answer those difficult questions. Only the shield of faith is going to put out all those flaming arrows that Satan is throwing at you. Friend, don't do spiritual battle with the wrong material and don't fight against the wrong people in the fight. You can only do spiritual battle with spiritual preparations. In fact, there's a county down in Alabama that have a deal with about 56 churches in their county. All of the prisoners that come to their jail system for nonviolent crimes, they offer them a plea deal. You don't have to spend time in jail, but you have to go to church every Sunday for a year. And they have shifted their focus in their community. They have stopped putting people in jail, started putting people in churches, and 56 churches will say, I'll take, I'll take part of that. I'll take as many criminals as you can because I'm going to preach the gospel, I'm going to point them to Jesus, and I'm going to tell them about salvation. You see, that's how you fight a spiritual problem. It takes more than just physical means sometimes to get through the heart, the mind, the soul of a person that is broken by sin. You don't fix a person that is broken by sin by putting more sin in their life. By putting more inappropriate relationships in their life. By sending them to different websites than the stuff they were looking at before. You fix a spiritually broken person by the one true and living God and by His Spirit and by His Word. And Joash knew that all too well. And maybe when he looked out his back door and he saw that altar for Baal that was in his backyard broken down, and once he realized that his son was the one directed by God to break it down, maybe that light switch went off and Gideon said, you know, he's right. That has no place in my life. And sometimes having the courage of breaking down altars in your life will lead to a spiritual awakening for the person next to you. Sometimes doing something spiritual that's happening in your own backyard will lead your own family, your friends, and your neighbors to say, I should have done that a long time ago. Friend, don't ever be afraid to fight the real enemy. God has given you all of the parts and pieces and equipment that you need. Don't turn the fight against each other. Turn the fight against those sins, those temptations, those desires that will only seek to kill you. Not only does the Bible tell us to look for the real enemy, but secondly, the Bible tells us in this section that we did not read this morning, but that I'll explain to you, is to look for the real evidence. Here's the problem with Gideon. Gideon needs a lot of help. Now, bless his heart, God is up for the challenge. And God is going to show Gideon all the evidence that Gideon is asking for. If you remember last week, or if you flip back to, to Judges chapter 6, the first several verses, you'll notice that Gideon asked the angel of the Lord for a sign. 
He said, how do I know that I'm really talking to God face to face here? I need some help. And so Gideon went, he prepared an offering, he brought it back to the angel of the Lord. The angel of the Lord touched it with his staff, it went up in flames, and Gideon said, ah, now I got it. But then Gideon still didn't go during the day, he went at night. Gideon needs some help here. Now before I tell you about this fleece thing, let me just tell you, a lot of us are just like Gideon. A lot of us will say, God, I'll do it as long as you confirm that I'm really supposed to do it. Write it on the wall, make a, make a light blink, get, you know, send me a song, let somebody else tell me, hit me over the head with it. I don't care what you do. I hear you, I get it, I read it, I just need like 18 more pieces of confirmation here. Anybody, don't raise your hand. Anybody else like that in the room? It's okay, because if you, like Gideon, need a lot of confirmation, trust me, God is in the confirming business. Because if God has called you to do it, and He wants you to do it, and you're still afraid, your answer is yes, but God will take the but away and help you to step forward. Now we come to this moment where Gideon has all these people following him. He's ready to go out and do battle. Now just like last week, you've got to come next week for the rest of the story. Because what God does to Gideon is almost comical. If you don't know what I'm talking about, don't read. Just come back next Sunday and you'll hear how God takes care of Gideon. But in this part of the story, before Gideon goes to battle, he takes this wool fleece out. And he says to God, I'm going to put it out. And I'm going to leave it out in the mor- all, all night. And I'm going to check it in the morning. If it's wet with dew, then I'll know that it's from you. Gets up the next morning, it's soaking wet. Gideon says, great. But I need one more. Let's do the opposite, God. How about whenever I wake up in the morning, everything else is wet and the fleece is dry and then I'll know it's you. And God says, okay, fine. We'll we'll play that game too. We'll do that too. And God does that. And now Gideon is ready to be obedient now that he has two on top of the already one pieces of evidence that God has actually called him to lead his people into battle. Oh, good. You know the issue that I have with Gideon? is that whenever God speaks to you and gives you direction, whenever God has spoken clearly through His Word, whenever God sends His Holy Spirit to draw you into obedience, that's not the moment to play games with God. That's not the moment to say, now look God, if it's really you, and if you really want me to give this offering, if you really want me to serve in that ministry, God, if you really want me to go on this mission trip, God, if you really want me to to witness to that person, then here's what I need you to do for me so that I'll do for you what you're telling me to do. God didn't strike Gideon down. And He may or may not strike you down for the same deal. But the point of this passage of Scripture is very simple. This passage is not a prescription 
for you that God has written to you to say, this and only this is how I'm going to know that God wants me to do something. I must follow this prescription in order to have evidence from God. I'm here to tell you, and the Bible does too, no you don't. In Philippians chapter 4, the Bible gives us the prescription that we need for following God in those moments of, I'm not sure. If you have not memorized any scripture in your lifetime, or you're looking for two verses to memorize, let me throw two at you. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, with prayer, with supplication, with thanksgiving in our heart. The Bible commands us to pray. And it says to offer our prayers unto God. And then verse 7 says that the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. In case you need a little help with memorizing that, Let me break it down real simple. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. And God will give you peace that you can't even comprehend. Maybe you're on the edge of a step. And you've gotten right up to it and you say, God, I need help. I I need to know, should I go? Should I jump? Should I step forward? Should I step back? And you say, what should I do? What should I say? What what do I look for? And God says, follow me. Take me by the hand. Pray and say, God, release me from my anxiety. And that next step, the Bible says, we'll have peace that passes all understanding and will guard our heart that is sensitive, our mind that can be twisted, and our heart and mind will be guarded in Christ Jesus with that peace to know that God has called us to it. There was a 10-year-old little boy who was hiking in Colorado a couple of years ago. And he had gotten separated from his dad. And he's walking along in this path that they're on, and all of a sudden he trips and falls and looks up, and there is a mountain lion. Just feet from his face. He does what most of us would do. Nothing. (laughs) He froze in that moment. Then he started to kind of creep back away from the mountain lion, looking around for his dad, not seeing him. He did the smart thing. (laughs) Took a knife out of his pocket. Started to run toward where he thought his dad was, only to see that mountain lion just lunge at him. He screamed his head off grabbed that knife, cut the mountain lion. His dad heard all this commotion, came with his gun, fired at the mountain lion, scared the mountain lion, and he ran off. Picked up his son. That's a true story. This isn't one of those preacher stories. I'd tell you if it was a preacher story. I probably wouldn't. But he picked him up, and he... And he looked at his son and he asked his son if he was okay and the father called the park rangers and they came to check him out. And the park rangers said what was so funny about this whole thing is that this 10-year-old boy was perfectly fine. His only concern was whether or not his friends at school would believe that he survived the mountain lion attack. 
And that is so us. God, I'll do it. As long as I get credit for it. As long as people see me. As long as I've got this confirmation. As long as you write it in the sky. As long as I have 18 other people telling me that's exactly what you should do. God, I'll do it as long as there's something concrete that everybody else will believe that this is you. Friend, the only thing that matters is do you believe that God is calling you to it? Has God confirmed that in your heart? That that step of faith is the step you should take. Don't worry about the person to the right. God will deal with them. Don't worry about the person to the left. God will deal with them. If God is calling you to do some step of obedience, pray and ask Him for that peace that passes all understanding. And He will guard your heart and mind in Christ. Listen, just like people in the town, they thought Gideon was wrong because they're fighting the wrong battle. Joash said, listen, you can't fight a physical battle when it's a spiritual issue. And the only way that you can do spiritual battle is if you are spiritually equipped and prayed up and ready. And whenever God says go, you go. And sometimes, the consequences of your step of obedience will be immeasurable in your life and the impact of people around you. Some of you could tell a story this morning of the moment that you stepped out of an aisle, took three or four dozen steps forward, took a pastor by the hand and said, Pastor, today I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. I want to surrender everything that I have. I want to confess Jesus Christ as the Savior and Lord of my life. God was calling you to it. He was leading you to the cross. And the moment that you stepped out on faith, the whole church was impacted by your step of obedience. And you had no idea the testimony you were preaching that moment that you gave your life to Christ. Can I just tell you, some of you need to preach that message today. Some of you are sitting in this room and you have no confidence at all that if your life were to end today, that you would leave this earth Step into the glory of heaven because you've never trusted in Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord. And I'm telling you today, you can begin to do spiritual battle with the sins and temptations inside of you and step out of your comfort zone and take the hand of God and know that Jesus is here to rescue you. Some of you are followers of Christ. And you're almost there. You've reached that line that you drew in the sand and said, God, I should, I will, I would, but I'm almost ready. And God is saying, the time is now. And what some of you as followers of Christ need to do during this time of invitation and response is you need to hit your knees in prayer and say, God, I'm ready to do spiritual battle. I'm ready to be obedient. I'm ready to follow you. I'm ready to be spiritually equipped for whatever you're calling me to. And I need the peace that passes all understanding to guard my heart and mind in Christ. And I'm willing to step out on faith and trust you. Some of you today need to make that decision today. My question to you is, what are you waiting for? 
If God is calling you to it, your only response should be, yes, Lord, here am I, I'm ready. Would you bow your heads with me as we pray? Our Heavenly Father, what a blessing it is to know that you confirm your call in our life. Father, what a blessing it is to know that you confirm those moments of decision when you call us to be obedient. God, when it is you that is at work and your Holy Spirit that is drawing and God, when it's you that desires our obedience, we can trust and have faith that your Word confirms it, that your Holy Spirit confirms it. God, that you're going to do a great work in us. Father, today there are some, perhaps like Gideon, who may need a little extra confirmation. Maybe they're afraid. Maybe they're willing, but just not quite there yet. God, would you confirm in our heart the steps that you've called us to take those steps of faith, those steps of obedience so that we might glorify You in our life. God, if there is just one person here that needs to come to know Jesus personally, I pray, Father, that You would call them to that old rugged cross that saved so many years before and still saves even today. The blood of Jesus that was shed to wash our sins away. God, would You draw that person to come to know Jesus today, to be saved, and to have that eternal security, to have that relationship with Christ. God, whatever decision You're calling us to, lead us to be obedient today, we pray. In Jesus' name, Amen. Hey, this is Pastor Randy Johnson. Thank you so much for joining me for What's the Word? That show airs every Wednesday night at 6 o'clock on 101.9 WAIN right here in the heart of Adair County in Columbia, Kentucky. Or you can catch the replay of What's the Word on my podcast, which is called Walk This Way. And you can find that in several different places. You can find it at anchor.fm backslash walkthisway on the internet, or you can find it on different apps and, and places that carry podcasts like iTunes, Spotify, Pocket Cast and all sorts of uh, places. You can find this broadcast. You can find messages that I've preached. And I just want to encourage you to make it a point to tune in, subscribe, and listen to all sorts of content that's on my podcast, which is called, again, Walk This Way. Thank you so much for joining me.